breaking down what's up. What's up? This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Down into the left wing corner goes Engball. Can't get to the puck in time. Sabres play it around on the wall. Cut off there by Kerfoot. Into the slot and a shot by Riley. Scores! Morgan Riley, a shot from the blue line. And I think this one is going to be credited to the veteran defenseman as the Leafs score with 11.8 seconds left. What little shop of horrors. <laughs> you tell him, Ralphie. Jobo and Jim Ralph on the call. What a way to finish. Leafs walking away with a win in Buffalo. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick here alongside me. Gord, no walk to the subway tonight, but we'll do the drive to the Peace Bridge. Man, uh, I don't know how many good things you'd be saying following that game, but a win's a win. Two points or two points, and man, what a finish in Buffalo. Boy, the drive to the Peace Bridge, Joe and uh, Jim really ended the show quickly so i don't maybe the drive's a little more difficult than it used to be but yeah you know i was just looking brent out of town scores and there were four games that were tied 2-2 now since then winnipeg did win in overtime 3-2 over los angeles but montreal detroit tied 2-2 florida tampa bay 2-2 st louis carolina 2-2 and i really thought overtime in the toronto buffalo game so that's a great dramatic finish. Last night was a uh, last night was more a, a greater dramatic finish because that was just Austin Matthews oozing talent. But I don't know if they won ugly. I'm trying to think whatever the appropriate term may be, but they won, and uh, and they got and you know and we talked about it, Brent, about shots from the blue line. They don't have to be mm-hmm. hard. And here's Morgan Riley on two instances creating the goals that made differences. Oh man, the the knuckle puck from from Riley there. You know, I, I I just joked that I think that's the Leafs' best bounce since Austin Matthews' lottery. If you to to kind of paint a picture of it for you, Riley lets this kind of knuckle puck go. It goes off the crossbar. It bounces a good. I don't know, three, four inches in front of the goal line and somehow hops back into the net. It looked like a Phil Mickelson wedge shot. I don't know what else I, I could use to describe it. It's just, it is one of the luckier, flukier bounces I've seen. But hey, you get bounces both ways in this game. There have been plenty of days this this season where the, the bounces did not go the Leafs' way, so I'm not going to begrudge them for that. I mean, l- like we said, look, there's there's a lot of, of things you could do better than, than you did tonight, but the two points are are the two points. You know, they finally get the goal from Riley. And, and yeah, we, we did say that, that that was the thing about this Leafs team, right, is they don't necessarily focus the defenseman getting offense. That's just the second goal by by a Leafs, uh, a Leafs defenseman this season, Jake Muzzin and getting the other but I mean just I, I, you know we've, we've said all the good I gotta be honest like up until the last 11 seconds or whatever it was when Riley scored that, that was an incredibly frustrating game for me you know you're, yeah. you're far and away the better team you go up t- on two different occasions by a pair of goals and you just see those leads melt away now again you get the two points okay good on you but when we talk about building habits we've talked a lot about building good ones those are the bad habits that can creep in that can really cost you in the playoffs or later in the season when it matters a little more and again, we'll go back to a win being a win because an ugly win in the playoffs is great, just like a win. But uh, I agree; like it's not, it's not one you kind of smile like. You know, I I, I mentioned the star Kirsten Shilton, who now is with ESPN, had the 
had the great comment about the first goal of the game by the Leafs, like first shot on goal by the Leafs. What's the opposite of a highlight real goal? This was the soft of all soft of all softest goal against Arundel, who has struggled. He just has struggled with San Jose, with Buffalo. He has struggled. And do you go for the juggler? No, you didn't. And you got a new goaltender playing his first ever career NHL game. And, you know, he had to come up with some big saves and stuff. So, you know, again, if, if there's things to be unimpressed about, those are the kind of things that we are unimpressed about the Leaf game tonight in Buffalo. And, 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 and they're very valid. They're very valid because um, those are, we, we just want to be impressed in the playoffs. We want none of this kind of rearing its ugly head. But what what is it, eight wins in nine games? And, yep. man, that's a hard Buffalo loss, right? Brent, they beat Edmonton oh. last night, 3-2. They were down 2-1, came back, won it. Brent, I'm telling you, honest to God, I'm older than you. I don't flaunt just, just it all the Just a couple of years. Just well, a couple of years. I don't flaunt it all the time, because. but I've never seen an, a crowd like that in Buffalo. Like Western was, New York fans, they're, like, they, don't, they don't have an NBA team. They don't have a Major League Baseball team. They really support their AAA team, and they support the Bills, of course. Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Like, Pittsburgh, their run of sellouts ended. Chicago, their run of sellouts ended. And... A lot of it's COVID world. A lot of it is, and the, and and that's very very valid. But I don't know. I just I think people. I, I'm getting the sense more and more that people are kind of reevaluating or have reevaluated about things they did automatically before, and now just kind of go. You know what? I did 600 days without going to a professional sports event, and I can wait a little bit longer if the team sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I no, just, I, I think, just get that vibe, man. I think there's a ton of that going on. I mean, even even here, and you know, we talked about the feeling about this team heading into it, but you know, ticket sales were you know soft is probably overstating it a little bit, but was not the automatic sellout that that it was. And then it's just weird in Buffalo because you know there it. It's this the, the the cake is not baked. There is still a lot to, to go on there. You know, their first overall pick that they just made is not even playing for this team yet. But you're finally starting to see the the other side of it. And, you know, I could have seen a crowd like that in Buffalo last year or, or two years ago. But, you know, it just feels like they're finally kind of turning the corner. And, yeah, that was a. Uh, that was abysmal for for kind of lack of a of a better term the the crowd yeah. there tonight. So yeah, I, I echo all that. That that's just the surprising thing to me. It feels like they're almost finally coming out of it. You'd you'd think it'd be turning the corner now. Yeah, but Brett, and and this is where I think when I w- whether we we like the word malaise for Toronto Maple Leaf fans who just said okay, we got this core that's so exciting. They drafted well. I'm not being cynical here, and um, and then you have bleep playoff success. Yeah, actually, it's not even that. It's not even like, you know, unlike the Boston games. Well, no, they're but as some of them when you went scratching climb, well, whatever. You always went out <laughs> feebly. You went out with a whimper rather than a bang. So but at least the rebuild appears to have been done correctly in Toronto. And I still believe it. But Brent, you imagine Buffalo like, you oh. know, Nylander's brother, Alex, is gone. You've yeah. got Sam Reinhardt gone. Ristolainen was traded to Philadelphia. This is all before Jack Eichel. Yeah. And, and now you got Jack Eichel. Like, those are the guys. Like, those are the guys. So so now you're saying, you know what? You know the last four years when we sucked and we're supposed to get better and those guys, they're all gone. And you know what we got for them? Not a lot, okay? No. <laughs> so we're going to do it again. We got the number one overall pick. He's going to go back to Michigan. And we got Dylan Cousins and yada, yada, yada. Man, I think, I think you know, on top of COVID world, there's an element people say there's only so much I can take. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely think uh, think there's something to that. And, and man, the, we talk about it all the time, the kind of sliding glass doors moment. Babcock, there was some belief he'd go there. He ends up in Toronto. You know, they lose the lottery. The, the Sabres lose the McDavid lottery. And, hey, what a terrible consolation prize in Jack Eichel. But then it goes the way it does. The Leafs win the Matthews lottery. They select him right in their building, and it's just it's just right in their face. So, yeah, that, that, can, that can only be frustrating for, for Sabres fans. You know, in terms of the Leafs tonight, I think the biggest thing, well, not the biggest thing but something that definitely jumped out to me late looks like you know we'll, we'll hear from Sheldon Keefe who knows maybe it was an injury thing maybe he was trying to flip some wingers who who knows but you know William Nylander benched he did not play for the final three minutes of that that game and I understand accountability they uh, on the broadcast they pointed out that there was one play where where Matthews kind of had to cover for Nylander late in the defensive zone I understand accountability but you know this guy's been so good for you this year and you're you're fighting it you're trying to find a goal they ultimately ended up finding it so I guess it worked out okay but I I, I still feel like the the leash is just that little bit shorter on Nylander than it seems to be on on the rest of the core four if, if it was a benching tonight which we we haven't heard yet definitively yeah the final three minutes I find a little tough to call it a benching but there were remember back-to-back shifts um Austin Matthews was, was out with uh you know not not any of the you know not any of the big six wingers right not not Marner yep. or not Nylander so you know, that kind of went into it. I think, first of all, you got Jim Ralph on radio, Craig Simpson on TV, uh, who giving a astute commentary. So when you when you read that and you you put that in, you realize like, OK, that that's that that's a big faux pas. And, I, and part of being a, a good coach is 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 the bench element. Who's going? Who's not going? And and the other part is what the players have to realize. And I think they do. I really do. And it's like you and I on radio, when you get into arguments, you, you've dealt with many radio people. I have, too. And you keep saying it's not personal. And yet yep. some will some will treat it personally. <laughs> keep going, it's not personal. <laughs> you know, it's it's hopefully good radio and it's hopefully it's hopefully good hockey. And um, yeah, I, I did notice that I did notice that at the end. But uh, uh, I'm OK with it. Like, you know, hey, you got you got eyes in the skies. You got assistant coaches. Who's going? Because you know what? You know what? And you've talked this, Brett. They didn't do that against Montreal games five, six, and seven. They they nope. didn't seem to evaluate. They kind of kept going, kept going, kept going. This worked during the uh, abbreviated fifty-six game regular season. So I'm I'm all cool with that. Yeah, uh, and hey, it worked out. So I am too. Uh, in, in the very end, uh, if they if you know the Leafs are walking away with just a point or or uh, regulation loss, maybe I'm a little less uh, in agreement there. Um, but but hey, uh, keep keep working his bench uh, well, and and we'll see we'll see what he says. You know, it is possible he's banged up a little, although I don't think that's it. Uh, but we will we'll see from that. One other person I wanted to highlight tonight, and I don't I feel like sometimes he's he skates under the radar, which I would have thought was. Impossible. So it's not, yeah. Wait. So it's not Bunting, right? No, it's not. We'll, okay. We'll get okay. To Michael Bunting sure. later. Michael Bunting scored a goal. We're going to talk about him tonight. Don't He's you worry. He's played fine. He's played I, great. I'm busting. <laughs> I didn't think it was possible for the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs to kind of fly under the radar, but it just feels like John Tavares is so you know, underappreciated. I don't want to say taken for granted because, you know, he's still beloved. We talk about it all the time as the core four, but you know, that goal he gets tying the game up a uh, great tip in front, just using his body. It, it just, it feels like he is able to come through. We talked about it with Nylander. It feels like Tavares is another guy who comes through and scores these big, big timely goals and his hundredth as a leaf tonight. And, you know, it just, again, it just feels like we take him just, just a touch for granted. Uh, that's fair. You know, he was the guy with the Islanders and the wrath of Islander fans is this guy. I, I, I'm not going to Google the figure right now, 
but signed the most club-friendly contract as his second contract that I can remember. And all because you know to stay with the New York Islanders. Mm-hmm. And I know Matt Barzell wasn't there yet, but obviously Marner and Matthews types weren't. I mean, I mean Anders Lee. I love Anders Lee, Brock Nelson. There's a lot of quality guys, but they Matt never Wilson. made the playoffs, yeah. you know, right? They never made the playoffs. So, you know, he comes to Toronto in a, in, in a different role. And I always say that summer, that was what everyone gasped about signing John Tavares. But when the season started, the rock stars were Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. They just, they just were. So it's a funny animal, Brent, about here the Islanders without John Tavares have had playoff success. Here John Tavares with the rock stars have had no playoff success. <laughs> and that makes no sense. And that's why sports happens, and that's why you play the game. But I, I, you know, Stephen Stamkos chose to stay in Tampa Bay, and I respect it. John Tavares did what we all dreamed about if you're a Leaf fan, a Toronto guy that said, I'm coming home, and the picture of him lying in Toronto Maple Leaf sheets. So, mm. I, I, you know, I, I would love a Stanley Cup, obviously. Uh, I'm not so sure of a Stanley Cup in the near future, but and have John Tavares hoisted. That would be so, so great. I mean, the guy took a lot of crap to come here. The guy's career was going great. You know, he's fine. But, you know, he decided he, he he made a statement. And the team hasn't, not him, the team has not quite lived up to that statement playoff-wise of why he came here. Yeah, and he he put a bullseye on, on his chest, on his back, on his forehead. Wherever you want to say he put the bullseye, he grabbed a lot of attention on himself. Hey, there's a lot of good that comes with that. You're the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. When it's going well, you're going to get the credit, but believe me. But, you know, if this was – if and I don't even want to live in this world because I'm with you, Gord. I, I, nothing in this lifetime would make me happier than to see this team hoisting the cup one day. But if he doesn't win a cup in Long Island – you know, it's talked about there. It is part of his legacy, of course. But the, once he retires, that's kind of the end of that conversation in, in hockey circles. But if it doesn't happen here, as the guy who finally came home, the promise one, all that stuff, it's a big target on his back. And I think it, it takes it takes a lot of gumption, for, for lack of a better term, to kind of take that and own it and, and be the captain of the Leafs. Like, it just, it, it takes so much to, to kind of own that. And, yeah, it just, it, it feels to me like, you know, because of the contract, he, he sometimes, you know, people expect or want a little more from him. But I think, you know, he's been as good as anybody for the Leafs during, during this stretch of eight and nine. Okay, so it's the New York market. The Long Island market might even be the New York market more demanding. So this this is what he's taken. Like you would have some markets there. They probably say, "Hey, did John Tavares play on our team?" I, I can't even remember that. You know, like <laughs> if he was in Anaheim or something, they yep. wouldn't even know, right? So anyway, he really, really so. So let, let I, I I'm going to pivot here. Okay, that's a cool Ooh, term, right? Please, pivot, yes. Pivot. And it's hard, buddy. I know you have the same stats. So, I, so I'm not going to pretend this came from me. He provides it to all of us. Okay. A guy named Steve Fellin at Sports that Stats grew up. But I love these ones because I'll. So Morgan Riley is the first Leaf to score a game winning goal in the final 15 seconds of regulation since a defenseman did it January 19th, 2016 versus the Flyers. So we're talking five and a half years ago, January Flyers. Matt Hunwick. And I, I just think about. His first year, that was his first year with the Leafs of two. And yep. I'm looking now. He was minus 17 that year. Whatever the thing was, Mike, remember Mike Babcock he had loved a love him. affair with Honey? Honey, Honey, he loved it. As soon as Honey. I saw that email, Gord, that's all I yeah. could think of is somewhere Babs is smiling. Honey. And by the way, that's one of two goals he scored that year. And Honey, I just, so anyway, good on Morgan, Morgan Riley, but, but just Matt Hunwick. Like you're talking about those names that came, that went, that conquered, that didn't, whatever, but Mike Babcock loved this guy. 
he he definitely had some favorites. Uh, they they were always a little further down the lineup. You know, of course, Ron Haynes. He was a guy he loved. I remember Babcock always, for some reason, referring to Connor Brown as the Brown Cow uh, in all all his post game availabilities. And hey, uh, as far as guys to go, you you know, no, I have a soft spot uh, for Connor Brown. Right now, I have a soft spot for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've won eight of their last nine. Five four winners on the road in Buffalo tonight. Morgan Riley coming through in the game's dying seconds. We will hear from some of the. Leafs as we continue here you're listening to Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 590 the fan and the Maple Leafs radio network we need to talk about what just happened this is Leafs Nation post game on Sportsnet 590 the fan and the Leafs radio network Leaf Nation postgame, Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me here. We will hear from some of the Leafs in just a couple of moments' time. Gord, I, you know, I just saw something. You know, I'm looking at all the What'd wonderful stats that are available. And I'm looking at the three stars of the night, and I don't like it. Some bias oh. in Buffalo. Uh, they have Jeff Skidder as the first star. Uh, fair marks there. Fair marks there. He had a wonderful yeah. game. Uh, Tage Thompson and then John Tavares gets the third star. I don't know. Two stars for the home team in a losing effort. I don't know. I don't know if I like that. Gordon. No, you know what? You know what, Brent? Again, showing my age, three stars used to really matter. Okay, when I got a chance to go to um, as a teenager, gray seats to sit up in the whatever rafters at Maple Leaf Gardens and take the college subway back home to Shepherd Station and whatever, whatever. I would try to time my exit to see the three stars. Mm. I would try to time that I'm going down the road because I wanted to hustle to get to the subway, and three stars were huge. They're a joke now. They're a joke now. Like, they're a joke. Like, don't, like, like, don't do them anymore. Don't do them in Toronto. Don't do them. Don't do them. You know? And, and that, like, that's brutal. That's brutal. And I, so the other, I'll give you my, my Jeff Skinner quick story is, you know, this uh, thing that Brian Burke has coming up, like he's done every November, that sports, mm-hmm. con- sports conference, right? Yep. So a thousand years ago, I was doing something at it, and I went and left to leave. And some guy stopped me, really nice guy. I got to tell you, really nice guy. It was Jeff Skinner's uncle. And then <laughs> he poured plaudits on me. So I, of course, stopped because I want to hear the I want to hear the praise. But then he said I was his favorite announcer. Oh. But then he actually said, no, wait, you're my second favorite. Elliot Friedman's my favorite, right? <laughs> so, so I told Friedman that after. And he knew who the uncle was, whatever. Anyway, guy was really, really nice. Jeff Skinner's just a quality guy. I don't know. Like, he really went south in Buffalo. He's really showing why Carolina making good business decisions is important. You cannot be afraid. you got to make good business decisions. And this was one they made to their betterment. You know, Buffalo signed him to a bad contract. I know he played well today. I, I, I hope he gets his game going again like he was. But right now, it's a bad contract. Oh, it's it's an awful contract, you know. I mean, good, great for for Jeff Skinner's bank account. I, I just pulled up his his cap friendly page here, trying to see what it is. Yeah, it's uh, it's nine million a season, and that goes until the twenty six twenty seven season. That's the last deal of that. Uh, hey, good on you, seventy two million dollars uh, worth of contract. You are laughing at that. Fifteen million in signing bonuses as well. So yeah, good good on Jeff Skinner. Oh, seven and a half million coming uh, next year too. So uh, great job by the agent uh, who who got that done as well. And honestly. You know, it's it is an example of what a contract can kind of do 
to a player, right? You know, not to say that Jeff Skinner, if he if he wouldn't have signed this deal, would have gone on to have some 500 goal NHL career. I think I think this, the answer is somewhere in the middle there. But I think it's it's impossible to look at that and what's happened since signing the deal and say, yeah, the the pressure, the expectations, whatever you want to call it, of a big ticket deal like that, it could certainly weigh on players. And I think he's kind of a perfect example of it. Unfortunately for him. Yeah, like in a smaller case, when I say Nick Suzuki, it's not like Nick's under it. Just it's a different kind of pressure. He signed an extension. It's not even a contract this year. But like, what kind of surprised me and what probably hit him is he was in Carolina one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight years. Yeah. They never made the playoffs, and then he leaves and goes to Buffalo. They don't make the playoffs. Guess who makes the playoffs? Carolina, right? And yep. um. But he did have a 40-goal season his first year with Buffalo. They still didn't make the playoffs, but that got him the contract, and that was his best year. And then, man, that's where you really wonder how things are screwed. How how did get how bad did things get screwed up in Buffalo, Brent? And you know, and if that's the case, then good on a guy like Jeff Skinner with the opportunity to get out of it. What what whatever this horrible horrible dungeon pit, whatever it was a chance to get out of it. I mean, like, wow, it's ugly. That's brutal. Yeah, it, it, it is uh, a dungeon pit. I think that's the perfect way uh, to, yeah, to phrase it. Not just a dungeon, but a dungeon pit. A pit's bad. A dungeon's bad. Put them together. That's brutal. That's terrible. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a well, but it's a dungeon, and you live in it, and it's in a pit. Yeah, that sounds just awful. Ooh, man, I would want no no parts of that. Uh, I felt like that at, at certain points watching this team that we talk about at times, but not this year. Again, eight of their last nine. Uh, we're starting to hear from some of the Leafs, so let's hear from one of them. The third star in tonight's game, even though the Leafs won. Captain, who scored his 100th goal as a Leaf, John Tavares. You guys made a winner of uh, Joe Wall tonight. What do you think of uh, how yeah, I think he uh, he played great. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of jitters, a lot of butterflies uh, for him. Uh, he looked uh, confident and calm, and uh, it's just too bad we uh, didn't do a better job in front of him. Um, but, uh, you know, we fought right until the end and, and got him a big W, so always nice uh, to get him that first one. What was the reaction to the room around him? Yeah, we were fire, fired up. I think uh, a little sour about the, the way we had to uh, finish this one off tonight, but... Overall, you're happy for him. You know, uh, a lot of hard work. Uh, a lot of people uh, contribute to uh, getting to uh, that first opportunity. And uh, such a good kid and a and, uh, big smile on his face all day. Um, uh, and, and every day at the rink, really. Uh, great work ethic and uh, just a great guy. So really happy uh, for him. And um, I don't know if he had any family or friends here tonight, but the uh, first one's always special, especially when uh, uh, you can get the W. Yeah, I think we saw it when he came in uh, training camp when we were getting to know him. Um, obviously, he's had the, a tough battle here uh, uh, the last little while, and, and you can see his confidence continuing to grow and grow, I think, uh, in himself um, and probably just feeling comfortable within our system, within the team, uh, starting to get a good feel for how we play. Um, you know, he's uh, very crafty with the puck, obviously, a really good shot, good release. Uh, he's competing extremely hard. He's winning a lot of 50-50 pucks. He's putting pressure on the opponent, and it's creating time and space for him and, and uh, um, you know, contributing in a big way. Can you speak just a little bit about this room? Actually, this, this, is, this is new, but uh, just, be, just being around it from when I was uh, as a kid, um, not specifically this room, but uh, I remember what, what the old locker room being in there countless times as a ball boy and, and uh, uh, great memories and experiences in this building and uh, made a big impact in my life. So.
That's right, of course. I, I believe at the very end there, John Tavares talking about being a ball boy for the Buffalo Bandits lacrosse team, which his uncle, John Tavares, yeah. would have played for. Of course, uh, the older John Tavares, the greatest lacrosse player of all time, or or one of them. And it's always funny, you know, sometimes with the fan, we'll, we'll, we'll be interviewing somebody from The Rock, and I always have to ask them, have you ever had a chance to see JT play as a, as a lacrosse player? And, and pretty much to a man, they all go, I mean, I don't know if he would have been the best, but he would have hands down been one of the best all time if that's the path uh, he would have chose. Yeah, always uh, always funny, the, the little connection that Tavares has to uh, Canada's other national sport. Yeah. I mean, he was the Connor. Mc, he is the Connor McDavid or whatever of uh, lacrosse. You know, it's funny. Like he says the right things always, John Tavares. I, I didn't see the passion in front of the goaltender and uh, the goaltender Joseph Wall. His mom was there with family, so that was great to see them win. Uh, I know we're going to talk about some of the people that contributed tonight. Our buddy Terry Koshan. He joined us. He was great. He joined us uh, in Scotiabank Arena a couple of games ago. His tweet, can't imagine many kids pretend to be Pierre, Pierre Engvall in road hockey today. Like just, <laughs> oh my God, like like he's becoming Ilya Mikhaev now. Like, you know, just about, you know, you got to, you got to, you got to contribute in certain kind of ways and glorious scoring chances. And for a while you talk about having the glorious scoring chances, but then if you don't connect, like that's it. So anyway. I'm not. I'm not trying to mean in negative. I just think it's a fun kind of tweet by our buddy Terry Koshan. From oh, I, I I saw another great tweet, and we'll bring in Luke. He he can react to this. That that Mikheyev and Engvall must share a stick, and unfortunately for both of them, there's not many goals in there. Uh, it's the most snake bit uh, stick of all time. Uh, Luke Fox, you're chuckling away on the line. There joins us now. Luke, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. It was a, a bit of an odd one um, tonight. Just uh, you know, like a really nice feel good story for the fact that. Joseph Wall gets uh, gets a win in his NHL debut, but um, a pretty uneven performance by the Leafs. And, and despite the win and despite now uh, eight of nine wins, Sheldon Keefe seems um, a little dissatisfied with, with the effort tonight. Um, he said, you know, there's four lines, and he only liked the performance of one, and that included uh, your boy Pierre Engvall. Uh, the Kerfoot uh, <laughs> camp Engvall Ang- Ang- line. That's the one he liked. He's like the rest of it, uh, you know, he didn't really have time for it. So um, there's a sense that, yeah, they're winning, but uh, that we still haven't seen their best hockey. Um, you know, of all those wins, maybe the Boston Bruins won or the, the one where they beat up on a, a pretty ravaged Vegas team were, were solid wins. And then there's a lot of just kind of scuffling by. Yeah, I think I think the thing that I think the thing that this team needs to do after this game is just kind of shelve it, right? This this team is at least by my eyes, they have a propensity to go on big runs, big good runs and big bad runs. And I feel like a game like this could in theory bleed into what they've been doing or you could just kind of flush it and have a great effort the next time out because hey good teams good teams have bad performances and steal wins like that that's a thing that happens but it's like you have to find a way to flush this performance because this was I mean again they got the win I know but uneven I think is a a charitable you know uh talk way to speak about that game tonight i I thought i thought it was really i i thought they really struggled at times they had a couple of flourishes of great moments but it feels to me like they kind of have to find a way to flush this one um you know nylander not playing the last three minutes of the game what did you make of that i understand you have to keep the team accountable but you're also trying to hunt down a goal that they ended up getting what did you make of him not playing the final three minutes 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, Sheldon was particularly happy with with Nylander's game, and I, I don't know. I, I'm also wondering about Matthews, like if he's if he's that ecstatic about how he's playing too. Um, there there were moments I, I saw. I think early on where the the big guys are kind of cheating a little bit. Um, I think they probably thought it would be an easier easier night that it was that they weren't maybe banking on Buffalo to push push back the way they did. You know the, the Sabers are playing the second half of a back to back too. Um, they had the Oilers in here uh, last night and beat and beat them. So um, you know th- this team um, led by uh, Coach um, Don Granado that. They they keep coming at you, and I there was a sense that the Leafs maybe thought they were in for an easy night, and that seems to be the pattern, right? Like they get a kick in the butt, and then they look great, and then um, they let off the gas a little bit, and and think they can just kind of coast by on their skill. So, um, so that would be my guess uh, with Nylander. It was really interesting actually after the Flames game, uh, Sheldon was asked about Willie. And uh, he basically said that he has a lot more to give and he thinks he can be one of the best players in the world. If he gave a hundred percent every single night was responsible on both ends. So I think he's really, I think he's really trying to push this guy because he sees such great potential when he's on. So, you know, I I like your comments because first of all, I want to say Pierre Engvall had chances like, you know, and Nick Ritchie has had chances. You know what I mean? That That's the good part. So they're kind of snake bit that way. But you talked about Austin Matthews and the big guys. Like, look, this game tonight, that's just like, that's Christian Shelton had the great tweet. What's the opposite of a highlight real goal? That first goal was pathetic. So now you you're, you you're, you got him. You got the Sabres. They're at, they're at home. You've scored the softest of soft, soft goals. And where is the cavalry? And even though the Leafs have won, I don't mean to be picky, but but I concur with that. Yeah, and and they were up three one, right? Like you you think you're just going to stomp them out and um, you know make it easy on uh, Joseph Wall and just just walk out of here, right? This is a rebuilding team, um, you know, one that is starting to get a little bit of respect for how they compete, but you, you compare the two rosters and it shouldn't really be too much of a contest. And, you know, Aaron Dell wasn't on his game. Like you said, that, that David camp one was just a, a weird squeaker. Um, and they've been trying so hard to score the first goal in game. So the fact that you get one on the road, you think you should be able to cruise from there just based on where these two franchises are headed right now. Um, but yeah, they, they, I feel like they do have a tendency to play down to the competition. Again, we're, we're all say, we're saying a lot of negative things, and I, I and and we're talking about a team that is is on a winning streak. Um, but I think this is the cloud that hovers over this whole season because we want to see them be playing up to their to their best on more night more nights than not. Um, just because this is the same group that has let its fans down when it matters most. Yeah. That- that's the thing right it's that this this yeah. team isn't this team isn't in it to find a way to get two points against the buffalo sabers on a saturday night in november you have to ask yourself the question kind of after every single game is could that beat tampa could that beat boston could that beat florida and tonight i don't think that's beaten any of those teams you know one other question that this team has had for 
you know, going back handful of years now, and it's been different guys who've been asking the question about is the backup goalie. They thought they had the answer in Mrazek. Well, not so fast. He's hurt now. Uh, they've gone to Hutch. We know how that's gone in the past. Joseph Wall tonight, I didn't think he was spectacular. Far from it. You give up four goals. I'm not going to say that about you. But if I'm sitting here kind of looking at each of the four individually, the only one I really point the finger at him on is is on the fourth one, and that's just because he got himself out of position and kind of lost his own stick. Other than that, I thought the other three were, you know, defensive breakdowns, screenshots, that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to pick on the kid. I, I think he wouldn't even be in this position if a Peter Mrazek isn't hurt for the second time already. I mean, they weren't even supposed to be here, right? Like the reason they went out and spent all that money in free agency is to run a tandem. Um, but they're basically running poor Jack Campbell ragged. I mean, the guys stood on his head, but they're going to burn him out um, with the workload that he's playing. It's right up there amongst the most in the whole NHL. Um, so the night you have to give him off as a back-to-back. And Mrazek's hurt because he's been hurt practically the whole year. Hutchison, obviously the organization has lost trust in him. Like, I, I, you know, the, this guy is supposed to be a third-string goalie. He's supposed to be your go-to in case Campbell or Mrazek's hurt. But the way he's played um, in, his, in his short stints here um, has given the team no confidence. So I think it's more of a, a psychological move. Hey, let's bring Joseph Wall up. Maybe the kid isn't ready. He's probably not an NHL goalie yet. Like, if you look at his AHL numbers, um, he's never had a 900 save percentage year. Um, and it's it's been a bumpy road because of COVID and all that. Uh, but he's probably not a, a ready for primetime goalie yet. But you bring him up and think maybe, hey, this will encourage the guys in front of him to play their butts off for him because they want to help out the kid. You know? Yeah, I had to think about that. Um you know, you know what I mean? Like, I think there was kind of like an emotional pull on, we'll, we'll get some guys playing harder on the second half of a back-to-back if it's Wall than if it's Hutchison. Um, and it worked, but barely. 11.8 seconds left in the game. So I know it's not quite the Marner Matthews numbers, but uh, $3.8 million for Morazic, 4.5 Freddie got to go to Carolina, just to put that kind of stuff in context. And I'll move from the goal today, because i got to tell you, Luke, I've gone like I've gone to Buffalo forever, and they own the Maple Leafs. Like Punch Imlac was the guy that won four Stanley Cups, and then was the architect of a pretty good Buffalo Saber team way way back then. I've never seen a crowd like this, and I know Chicago, I know Pittsburgh, I know like it's COVID world. I get it, I get it. Like it's it's, it's going to be a little bit slow, and maybe it's beyond slow. Maybe maybe if people are reevaluating disposable income, what they're going to do. Western New York hockey fans, Luke, you know it. They're amazing. They're phenomenal. They're pissed. They're not showing up. They didn't show up for Connor McDavid last night. That's the one time Connor McDavid comes to Edmonton, excuse me, Buffalo, 8,000 fans. Like, I looked at the seats. Like, I didn't expect a sellout, but that is ugly. Yeah, it was. And you know what? It was really quiet, Gord. Um, I feel bad. You know, they got the longest playoff drought in the whole league. Uh, and then you factor in the, the they probably get a fair amount of people coming across the border since it's a border town. But if a Canadian fan wants to go take in a Sabres game, they need a PCR test to come back across the border. And those are like 140 bucks. So, you know, the appeal of, hey, it's a cheap game. We can always get tickets in Buffalo. That's out the window now because you have to factor in the test. So I'm sure that's made a dent. 
And I think it's just years of losing and distrust in, in the ownership and the stars getting traded out of town. I think it's all added up. Um, and it is too bad because this is a, a town that really knows its hockey, that loves its hockey. Um, probably the biggest cheer tonight was they, they showed Dominic Hasek on the Jumbotron. He's in town, um, I presume, because he's going to go to the Hall of Fame on Monday. Um, so, you know, uh, it, it's just too bad um, because this is a town that loves its hockey. And, and this was, uh, it was less than half full tonight and it was quiet. I should have known it was not going to be an easy night for the Leafs when the Dominator was in the building. That should have been red flag number one. Uh, Luke, always love having you on, uh, especially after a Leafs win. Thanks, bud. Okay, have a good night, guys. Thanks. There he goes. Follow him on Twitter at LukeFoxJukeFox. Read his piece on Sportsnet.ca, the Sportsnet app as well. I'm sure it'll be up relatively shortly. Leafs, 5-4 winners on the road in Buffalo. A couple minutes left here of Leafs Nation postgame. You're listening on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Maple Leafs Radio Network. Leafs 5-4 winners on the road in Buffalo tonight. Morgan Riley with what pretty much felt like an overtime goal, although it was in regulation. So you get the regulation overtime win there. Uh, Leafs 5-4 winners. Let's hear from the head coach, Sheldon Keefe. Not a perfect night by any means in your mind, I imagine, but a win for Joe Wall is a win for Joe Wall. How does that feel? It's nice to get it for him. You know, uh, obviously for him coming in here today, it's his focus is to come in and do the job for the team to get two points. So for us to get it uh, there, regardless of how we got it, you're happy for him, and, uh, you know, him and his family and everything like that. It's a big night for them. Uh, you, you moved your lines around tonight, some very different looks. What was behind those thoughts, and, and uh, do you think it worked for you? Well, I, I mean, obviously we, we made a, a lineup change with Simmons out tonight. Just one little minor thing there. Um, we're really the biggest impact. Just you know, you saw it, how we finished the game last night. We moved some things around, and and just felt that we wanted to get Kasha a look up top, and and uh, as a result, kind of moves some other pieces around. And I also just you know trying to get uh, more out of Nick Ritchie, so you know wanted to give him more of an opportunity here tonight. And, Alex Kerfoot's played terrific uh, for us, and he did again tonight, no matter where we've played him. So that was nice to see. Uh, I thought that that line, Cam Fangwall and, and Kerfoot, was our best by a mile. And uh, aside from that, I didn't like much about it. No. Not that I did. I mean, the Lions just didn't have a chance tonight. I mean, it didn't matter what the Lions were tonight. And, you work and compete like that, like we did tonight, the Lions don't have a chance, so we can't really take too much away from it. Is that your assessment throughout the entire 60 or, or mostly in the final 20 where the, the game kind of got away and it kind of shifted a little bit? I mean, our final 20 was our best period. <laughs> Not even close. I mean, we didn't give up a shot the first 11 minutes or so, whatever it was in the period. And, you know, we scored a big power play goal to give us 4-2 and then and then uh, gets away on us. And you're on a couple shifts, you know, and the momentum swings a little bit. But then towards the end, we dug in and had some of our best shifts of the game at the end with the game on the line. So there's some positive things in the th- uh, there in the third, frankly. But the first two periods were dreadful. I think that's a factor of fatigue. John happened to mention that you guys are playing a lot of hockey. Of late, do you think it's focused? Or- 
everybody in the NHL is playing a lot of hockey. So, you know, I think we can't hang our hat on that. This Buffalo team played last night as well. Uh, you know, but we do have a day off tomorrow. We have a practice day and we'll get ready for Nashville. I'm not going to chop this one up much more than I already have. Two big points for us, uh, like that our guys fought to the end and said had some of our best shifts at the end of the end of the game there and got ourselves two points without having to play uh, extra time. So that's positive for us, but yeah, we're just going to move on from this one and get ready for our, our next battle. I love that he made a huge save early in the game and we had to you know, we had to count on him early on. I mean, we want to do a better job of of giving him a chance to ease himself into the game, but he made a huge save early. Maybe you know, maybe his uh, maybe his best save of the night is, you know, on the first shift or two there. Um Yeah, he didn't get a lot of work in terms of real high-quality chances, but, uh, you know, once they made it 4-4, they had a couple of things in and around the net, and he was there, and he was, you know, he battled. But, you know, we, we get the win for him. I think that, you know, that uh, is the biggest thing for a guy like him coming in. He wants to be able to do the job for the team and, and give, uh, give him a chance to win two, or to get two points, and that's what we got here tonight. There is Leafs head coach uh, Sheldon Keefe. Now, Gord, earlier on in the program, you coined maybe my new favorite phrase, the dungeon pit. It sounds like that's where Sheldon Keefe did his post-game availability from. I have never heard a coach, and I I like this about him, sound so downbeat after a thrilling game-finishing win like the Leafs just had. Okay, okay, yes. From a fan perspective, thrilling game-finishing win. You're not wrong, but a very unimpressive effort by his team so he you know like I, I got my eyes more rolled when he talked about we're not in Carolina's class he didn't say that exactly but because said wait a sec wait a sec big picture you're saying you know like we got to say uncle to Carolina so this one I, I think he's more assessing assessing the game you know that way about what went on okay Brent who asked Gord. the question I'm tired who asked the I... question about the Leafs being tired would you stop what, like, when did this start? And I, when I go back in my day, I know it was a while ago, but there were 80 games. Travel was nowhere near what it was now as far as convenience goes. And people didn't talk about it as much. And now it's like you plant an excuse. Like, I'm tired tonight, Brent. I'm tired. Not tired of you. I'm not tired of the audience, whatever it may be. <laughs> but, you know, but it's kind of like, uh, like tomorrow, I don't expect someone's going to call me from Rogers. And just kind of go, oh, my God, you did. Uh, oh, wait, we we did two games in two nights, Brad. Holy yeah, we mackerel. did. Oh, like, like tomorrow, should we get like a pedicure manicure set up or something like that? Like, I mean, like, jeez, like just we, we, we get it. But you know what? You got to play the games, OK? If it's a problem on the NHL side, then reduce the games. Otherwise, you're going to have two games in three nights, three games in four nights, four games in six nights, five games in eight nights. So what? That's I think goes the old, with the territory. I think the only person who disliked that question more than you did was Sheldon Keefe because he spit Which I back. give him credit for. I give him credit I love for. it. I, I love it. He, he does not suffer fools. If he doesn't love a question, uh, you know, I don't know that he goes out of his way to make too much of a point of it, but he doesn't exactly hide it when, uh, when he doesn't love it. Uh, yeah, clearly unimpressed. And, and I, again, I like that about him. You know, maybe I, maybe I wouldn't have gone to pull in the string on, on the William Nylander bench in there, but I love that he wants to hold this team uh, to account. Gord, there's something I want to sneak 
sneak in here before we step aside. Of course, Leafs 5-4 winners tonight. And I just got to give a shout out because one of the youngest yeah. members of Leafs Nation is going to celebrate their first birthday tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Not my, my namesake? Not it my is namesake. your namesake. Not actually. Kind of maybe. Gord Gunning, oh first God. birthday tomorrow, and he's going to wake up as a big boy to the Leafs, winning eight of nine. So I just wanted to sneak that in. Thank you so much for letting me do so. Gordo, fun, fun night. Uh, we'll be back with another post-game pod on Tuesday. That's when the Leafs are back at it. Sam McKee, Andrew Dutch and great job behind the glass. Thanks so much to everybody who joined us tonight. Luke Fox, of course. Leafs, 5-4 winners on the road in Buffalo, courtesy a Morgan Riley goal in the dying seconds.